Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Very excited for today's episode. And a big shout-out to all the Patreon subscribers, all my YouTube subscribers, you cool people on TikTok, and everyone else. So thanks for you know supporting me and all that I do and all this crazy shit that I do. But I'm excited for today's podcast because I have a guest back for the first time in a long time, uh, a comedian who I absolutely get so pumped up every time I see we're on the same lineup because she's absolutely hilarious a regular at the Laugh Factory comedy bar, probably every club in the city and soon to be a regular everywhere nationally if she's not already doing that and I just haven't been paying attention. I know she recently headlined the Jukebox Comedy Club in Peoria, which I'm a big fan of that club. Uh, so without further ado, enough enough of me yammering. Let's bring on uh, the one and only Allie Drapos. What's up? Hello, Joe. Hey. Thanks for having me. You were at the Jukebox in Peoria recently, correct? Yeah, last weekend, two weekends ago. Yeah, two weekends ago. There's a strip club next to it that burned down. And it's back. It's back. I think it's back. Praise, praise everybody. I've actually never been, I've I've uh headlined that club a few times, but I've never gone into the strip club. I've always been yeah, like, I, didn't. I didn't. I've never been to a strip club and I was like, I don't think I want this one to be my first. <laughs> That's probably yeah, you want your first time to be special. You really do. Exactly. I'll tell you what, I've been to a few. They're they're overrated. They're extremely overrated. Yeah, you can't you can touch the boobs. Have you ever had male strippers around you? No, but I did just watch a while ago that um, Magic Mike reality show. There's a Magic Mike reality show. If you haven't seen it, you've seen the movie, right? I've heard of the movie. I okay. saw the first 20 minutes of the first one on like HBO randomly. Honestly, they're good movies. I'm not kidding. You know, I like Channing Tatum a lot. I'm a big fan of his work. The other actors are even better. Like, I, I don't even remember his performance as much. But this reality show, they take, you know, guys who are not really confident with their bodies and they and their maybe their sexuality and they get them to, to do Magic Mike shit. And it's they form like such a bond. And it's honestly beautiful. That does sound beautiful. That almost sounds like pole dancing for men. Yeah, it was. I have a friend who uh, co-owns a pole dancing studio in the South Loop here in Chicago. And uh, Caitlin Marco, shout out. And she was telling me a lot of it's about being comfortable in your body and, and body positivity and kind of like um, just have, developing a confidence in yourself and all that. And they incorporate a lot of yoga with it. So there's like a meditation yeah. aspect, I believe. That's pretty dope. It's athletic. That's why when people do burlesque because they're like, oh, I'm not going to be a stripper. It's like, okay, um, well, those women are actually athletes and you're just pretending to take things off and putting them back on. Like, <laughs> you're cooler. Like these, you have to have insane upper body strength to pole dance. Yes, absolutely. Like it's, it's phenomenal. The triceps on, uh, on these people who could do that. And you know, you're right. That reminds me. And I do like burlesque. And and strippers, I have a lot of respect for too. I just was saying they're they're overrated in the sense that you're going to spend two hundred bucks, and it's just it's the worst. It's not the dudes I listening are probably going to know. As a woman, I don't. I have. You to should know. have no sympathy for us because we're all idiots. But I'm just saying. Um, speaking of bodies, though, before we get to know you, and I'd like to you know ask you a few questions, so to get the guests, I know you enough, but you know, for the people listening, might be like, oh, this I, no, I like yes, her, I want to follow her. Bodies. I was like, oh god. What did you think I was going to ask? You were like, speaking of bodies, how do you feel about yours? Oh, yeah. That, that, that was going to be my lead off question in 2022. <laughs> Are you nuts? Um, no, here's something. Tomorrow, 
I am going to the dermatologist for a full body skin cancer screening, which I've never had before and seen as how ever. Um, I haven't been to a dermatologist since I was like 12 and had acne. And, you know, I got, there's a couple little marks on me that I'm like, that, that one looks like it's changed a little bit. So I'm all sli- I'm not really nervous, nervous because I'm sure I'll be fine. But um, anyway, though, it's, it's full body, right? So I have to yeah. be completely naked and everything. And this is like, you know, I'm wondering if I should, should shave some areas to make it easier for her, for her, the doctor to, to examine. Yeah. Uh, but these are areas that I don't always shave. I'm a trimmer. Right. Um, I'm not talking about just that area, but I'm talking about like, you know, some yeah. legs, like, yes, my asshole, actually, I got, I got a surprisingly hairy butt. You well, have to know that right now. Does. <laughs> I don't know any, come on. Like who doesn't have hair in their ass? It's just, a, <laughs> um, I would shave <laughs> a little bit. You don't have Should to I? like make it totally clean, but just so they can see it easier. Cause then it'll just be faster. Um, convenience. Good call. And I've had to do that too, where it's just, there's just one patch between my crotch and butt. That's just, I don't touch anything else around it. I leave it full bush. And then there's just one patch. <laughs> this is what I had to do last year because I had like a little skin tag. It was gross. Um, and they removed it, but I was like, what is this? Um, so just skin like, tags are nothing to worry about from what I've read. Yeah, but I'm like a hypochondriac, so I'm like, oh god, you know. I've turned into one lately, and I was oh. someone who didn't even see a doctor my entire twenties. But you know, I'm in my, I'm getting in my late thirties now. You know, thirty seven. So I got, I got two kids. You know, my dad died unexpectedly earlier, so now I'm being really weird about health stuff and any little thing. Sometimes I'll just be walking and I'll feel like a random pain, and I'm like, what is that? Is that cancer? No, What's no. going on? To be proactive, though, even though your mental health takes a toll for sure. I feel like it's better to be overly cautious maybe, but I don't know. I'm convinced well, I have arthritis. Uh, you know what though? I think everyone in our generation is going to because of our damn phones. You know, my, my thumb was killing me and I realized, oh, this is where, cause yes. I don't, I don't text with two thumbs. You know, people text with two thumbs. Do you do no. that? No, I just have one hand and I, I one hand that that motherfucker, you know? Wow. Is it the same hand you write with? Yeah. It's my right hand. It's, it's, my dominant it's the hand I do everything with. I punch people with this hand. I, I pleasure myself and my wife with this hand. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the podcast. So this is fine. But um, it's, yeah, she, I got to be taking care of this, this claw, you know? Um, well, but, walk me through it then. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. You're going to say something? No, I was going to say you. So you go in and um, you just you put on one of those little gowns with your bare ass showing in the yeah, back. It's, and it's yes and it's actually quicker than you think so you'll like sit on the it won't be weird for you you don't have breasts i mean i don't know but you'll Mm. sit they'll ask you to pull it down check you they're kind of fast to the point where every time i've had one i've been like can you do it again because like you really just glanced at these (laughs) you've had a few of these yeah oh i should be doing i probably should have had one by now huh yeah because you're if you don't mind me saying you're 29, I think. Yes. But all men do this. They don't do anything. They don't go to the doctor. I feel like all men don't go to the doctor unless it's like really bad. So That's unless true. you have a really crazy mole, you're not going to really think anything of it. And you're probably fine because, you know, it is rare and you would notice 
it would probably accelerate the change faster if it were like, oh God, it's cancerous. So you're probably fine. But it's like, yeah. I don't know why guys don't want to just check to be sure. I don't know. We don't like hassle. And it's how everything seems like a hassle when it comes to I know, to but women doctors. love hassle. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's true. Women don't like hassle either. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like women have a built-in better sense of responsibility than we do. Maybe. Um, you know, not to get into the differences in the sexes, but there, but that is, that is a thing though. And, and I was trying, I was reading something earlier. I can't remember what the hell it was, but I remember I wanted to say, and it was, I think it was about sports. It wasn't even anything serious, but the, the argument I was reading, I wanted to be like, Hey, you two are arguing about differences and different doesn't mean better. They're just different. Like sometimes, you know, we're different. Men are, are yeah. bad at taking care of themselves. You're not wrong to say that. And I'm, probably not wrong to say that you have a more of a built-in sense of responsibility for whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's genetic. Um, but so, all right. Why are the fucking gowns at hospitals and doctor's offices? Why are they the way they are? You think they should be like robes? Why isn't it like a robe? Why is, why are you backless? Cause it's honestly perverted. They just want to see that ass. <laughs> I don't think there's any medical reason. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on the wrong way. Showing because you know, we we go in, you know, we just the, the ass needs to be exposed. There's, just, what's the reason for that? My dentist makes me do it. <laughs> you got a fun dentist office. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I'm going front. I'm gonna. Hey, you know, I'm more proud of my front than my back. I'm just gonna do it that way. I dare you. I dare you to. I should just be completely naked when she walks in and be like, oh. Yeah, I don't do that. Those things are cheap. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm not. Those gowns. Not, not, yeah. I want you to see everything. You're going to see it anyway. You might as well get used to it by now, right? <laughs> That's funny. Have you been to a regular doctor recently? Yes. Yes. I actually have. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I have two appointments tomorrow. I was able to book them both the same day, coincidentally. Right. Um, I've been doing a joke about it on stage without giving away the joke. Cause it's pretty new. I've only done the joke about four or five times and I'm very happy with how it's going. Um, and I went to the, my regular doctor, my primary care or general practitioner, whatever the hell you call them in, um, mid March, I want to say like maybe like March 11th or something like that. And just to, and I, I had a physical planned anyway. So it was just my annual physical where you know blood draws and all the typical physical stuff i had uh this worked out that i didn't have to make a separate appointment about a two weeks earlier i want to say or a couple weeks earlier i was wrestling with my sons and i'm pretty sure this is where the pain came from and i think one of them accidentally kicked me in in the balls um i, I said testicles though i remember being very proud of myself the entire time i was talking to her i kept saying my right testicle I, and in my brain i'm like testicle you dork say ball she won't care she knows you're a comedian say ball stay nuts um but yeah he one of them got me and i remember having like a pain and as a guy you we've all gotten hit there so we kind of know the differences so in my head i'm like ah oh, this hurts but it'll go away yeah. And it didn't like go away and it, it didn't like hurt walking around, but then it would hurt sometimes. Like it was like a weird pain that would just out of nowhere. I'm like, ah, what the fuck, you know? Oh, no. And yeah. So that pain, and then it kind of was in my abdomen, like around it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. why is it's a pain in my testicle and it's going to my stomach? Did, was it from them kicking me or is this separate? And it wasn't torsion. Cause there's no, there wasn't a twisted testicle and it wasn't, there's was no swelling or anything like that. Thank God. Cause ugh. anyhow, um, I did talk about this on the podcast once. The word testicular is one of my least favorite words in I don't like it. 
right? Even as a woman, you're going, Ugh, when you hear that word, it's brutal. Um, so it just reminds me of like clamps. I don't know why. Just like, I feel pain when I hear that. It's a painful sounding word because yeah. it either follows cancer or torsion, particular torsion yeah. or can't, you know? So I went to the doctor and I told her about it. And, um, and this was the first time I ever had a female doctor examine and it was, I didn't, wasn't a fan. Uh, she was fine. She was great. Great doctor. But in the joke, I talk about how as a high school boy, we were always like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a, a female doctor doing it? And it's not cool because there's just zero sexuality about it. Not that I was looking for that. I'm a happily married man, of course. But you know, right. you're just. Well, you expect it to be a little awkward. Like there's something unspoken. Like, uh-oh. But then it's it's not. Yeah, it was just the whole the whole because it goes it was weird how it happened because I, to, I told her about that in the beginning because she was like anything going on and you know i i, I told her about you know, my dad passing and some other stuff and then um i mentioned i'm like yeah i got this thing back here you want to take a look and she's like i'll just recommend you do a dermatologist because i that's not my expertise i'm like okay um and and then you know we got to the whole right testicle thing <laughs> and um <laughs> what made me laugh was just like they go from these serious questions about getting your you know, just double checking your family history. How'd your grandma die? How'd your grandfather die? All right, now let's see your testicle. That <laughs> made me laugh. Just the transition to all of it. Yeah, now you know how this is how women feel when we go to the gynecologist. The, the one I go to knows my aunt, so she's always like with her fingers in me, like, "So how's Maria?" I'm like, "Good." <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Baton. Oh, like, That's way lovely. worse. I'm dreading when I have to get prostate and colon stuff checked out, you know? No, when um, what age does the colon stuff start? I think 45 is the colonoscopy, or maybe 40 if you have a history of it. Um, like my grandfather died of colon cancer, so I, I probably should go at 40. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, though, um, the thing is the pain went away, but she um or she said to be safe, like that day it didn't go away, but um you know, she examined no lumps or anything, thank God, and all that. And she was like, just to be on the safe side, I guess, because again, it could have just been like, you know, you got hit and after another week or two, it might be fine. Yeah. Um, she was like, we'll schedule ultrasound. And so I was like, okay. And now I have no pain there, but in my head, I'm like, should I, have, the last couple of weeks I've been thinking, should I cancel? Should I cancel? And I was talking to a comedian in front of ours, Flonius Monk, and he was like, no, don't cancel that, man. There might be some good material there. You got to go. And plus, you yeah, better go. safe than sorry. Yeah, definitely go. Not for your health, but for the material. Yes. As a comedian, that's how we have to view things. Well, I view it too that um, I was able to get the appointment the same day. So tomorrow. We'll uh, you, full of material. Right? I have the skin cancer screening at 3.30 and then the testicular ultrasound uh, scrotum slash the testicular. That's what it says on the sheet. Um, ultrasound at five forty-five. So um, I remember my wife being like, "Which one's first? I'm like, "Well, I did the skin cancer one first because you know they put a gel on you down there, and I felt like it'd be weird to go from that appointment to the skin screening, and her being like, "What the fuck is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's just some drugs. Just my gel. <laughs> gel residue in my pubes. No biggie." No biggie, I just you know? wanted a gel for you. <laughs> I wanted a style. My one friend said shave a little. My other friend said gel it up down there. So gel it? Yeah, yeah, gel it. How old is your son that hit you in the balls? I don't know which one it was. I was wrestling with both of them oh, and I was dominating. Yeah, I don't know who to blame. 
which one doesn't want a sibling who knows um one just turned three last weekend and the other turned five around that time so i don't know who to blame for that but i'm fine it doesn't even there's no like anything so it's just gonna be like this awkward thing i almost wonder if these people who have to do it like the ultrasound tech um or if he or she is going to be like this guy's balls are fine what a waste like or are they happy they're like oh no. good there's nothing wrong with you i bet they're happy but also i bet a lot of this happens you're not i i'm sure some people are like just going in there for like fun you know what i mean <laughs> i'm sure that happens a lot more than, than you think so the fact that you have like a story listen my son punched me in the nuts and it hurt for days I yeah. feel they're not going to think as much about it as you are, but the more nervous you are about coming off creepy, I think the funnier it is. <laughs> it's definitely funnier. It's definitely funnier. Yeah, because it's just situations where you can't. Too much. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to overshare. You don't want to come off. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about being nervous where. You want to explain yourself, but it's like you're better off just shutting the hell up. You no, know, they're like you're making this weird. I do this for a living, I and mean, I do that at the gynecologist all the time. Still, I had. Or do you make a little joke? I make jokes. I had like a tech once come in because my regular doctor wasn't there, and she was doing my pap, and she was just like, "How old are you?" And I told her, and she was like, "Oh my god, you look twenty-one." And I was like, "My face from my." <laughs> You like, like, stop, but go on. That I've ever gotten. Um, I was like, I'm so glad you think my. She like was like, ha <laughs> Wait, she was looking at your face when she said you look 21, right? Well, she's going back and forth. So I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I do. That's like the best news ever, honestly. <laughs> well, I hope I have good compliments like that to report back to you and all the listeners. Your boss, you look like the boss of a 16 year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be horrible, I feel like, actually. What's a good ball age? What's a good age for <laughs> testicles? Sixteen probably. Anything? No. Aren't they horrible looking? They really are. You know. Like, why are these here? They're, yeah. I mean, they obviously serve a purpose, but right. they're just not great looking. They're not. The whole the whole area is just... Some are worse than others. I, I don't oh, really I'm, see down there. Yeah, I, I'm... Oh I imagine, I imagine most women, especially, and anyone who deals with testicles, uh, are just like maybe a, a quick glance. I don't think you're too. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Oh, okay. Great, they're there. Right. <laughs> it's it's like the bumper of someone's car. You know, you don't even <laughs> yeah, really give exactly. a shit. You just glance. You just glance. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Allie, thank you for being so open and honest about your gynecologist visits. I really appreciate it. You're so that. welcome. You didn't ask me about my gynecologist uh, visits, but I did share anyway. Well, I'm glad you gave me some insight on the skin cancer screening thing because it'll be probably yeah. pretty quick, right? But you're right. Maybe I should make sure they don't go too quick. I'm always like, okay, and you're sure about this one? You know, I'll be like, and you're sure? Yeah, because I feel like people like that could get overly confident in their ability to do their job. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like, hmm, why don't you look over that freckle one more time? All right, pal. Yeah. Right. They're just trying to move it along. Insurance is good enough. Let's, let's, I might just put some food on me. Maybe I'll get like a, like some, <laughs> you know, sauce, dry up some spaghetti sauce <laughs> on my new pet. Attention? 
Yeah, let's just see. <laughs> That'd be Take great if she crispy. Wet your skin, put a rice crispy on a couple areas. Oh, I like that. Maybe I should put like maybe I should make a third nipple. Yeah. <laughs> right? That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be so funny. But it, oh, it'd be great if they were so good at their job right away. They were like, um, that's benign. That's benign. Oh, that's just a skin tag. That's no big deal. That's a rice crispy. That's like they yeah, were just yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I respect the hell out of that. All right, Allie, switching gear a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You, um, I've, I've seen you doing stand-up around Chicago for about three or four years now, I want to say, since I moved back to the city in 2017. Is that around the time you started? Started in 2018. 2018. Okay, cool. And I remember one of the first things I saw you in were some of these sketch videos that you put out. And they're great. They're hilarious. Everybody should definitely follow you on TikTok, especially Instagram, all wherever you post them. They're really funny. They got a lot of funny faces like the one you just made right there. Um, Your facial expressions are undeniably hilarious. Uh, I showed almost everyone in my family the video you did where it was like the high school bully in every teen movie running out of insults. Really? That's so nice. It was amazing. What'd that get? Like that probably got almost a million views, right? Yeah, almost. I was like, so close. All right. Well, we'll get it. Hopefully, my 50 listeners will push it over the top. Come on, guys, uh, please. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your goal? Like, when you were growing up, were you like, who was your inspiration? Was there some comedian specifically where you're like, I want to be her or him? I feel like every female comic has this answer, but I like, for a while, I was raised by my grandma and we would watch I Love Lucy together. And that's when I was like, I want to do this. Um, I want to do whatever this is. And uh, so that was kind of like my first, like, uh, you know, uh, peek into me, like wanting to entertain people in a funny way. Um, and then, you know, I did like plays and, and, and shit in like middle school, high school. But I always wanted to try comedy um, and stand up. I remember one time. <laughs> Something got sent to my house. It was a brochure for like a uh, like kids stand up camp, which should their kids shouldn't be doing. <laughs> they should no. just be having fun and living a lot. They don't need to be satirical about everything and cynical about the, the, their childhood yet. Um, but I wanted to do it. And so I remember writing this joke and I told it to my mom and my mom was like, I don't know if that's funny. <laughs> I'm like, like 12-year-old heart broke. And I was like, okay, I'm, I won't do stand-up. Um, but I did write like a sketches and I would do them like in the talent shows and shit. Um, I always was just, you know, doing that type of stuff. And then um, I went to college. Oh, before that, my senior year of high school, we did something called the Senior Project where you had to pick a topic, spend a year researching it. And then at the end, you do like a big presentation, whatever. Um, and so I chose stand up, um, and I got to get paired with like a mentor in Boston, a comic, his name's Mike Katrobis. We still talk. Um, yeah, so he's a Boston comic and, um, I just went to a show like every week I was in Rhode Island. So I just drive a couple hours, go to a show, drive back, um, and like just watch. And then at the end of the year, I performed a the comedy connection in Providence. I was like 18 
And that was the, I, I, that's still the most nervous I've ever been in my life. And then like the most exhilarating feeling, I can remember it in my body. Like just being like, oh my God, this is like drugs. I didn't even do drugs yet. Cause I was like a little nerd. Were you a good kid? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? <laughs> my mom was never that. home. I could have had a party house. Did you, so you grew up in Providence? Were you like in the suburbs or in the city? Yeah, in the suburbs in a place called Barrington, Rhode Island. Okay. I think every state has a Barrington. Or every, every state has a Barrington. City has a suburb called Barrington. Yeah. Uh, I, I, last week on the podcast, I talked about the show Euphoria, which I just started watching, or was that two weeks ago? Um, do you, do you watch that show? I've seen one episode. I was like, this is so stupid. It's, <laughs> It gets it. You, you get hooked on it, though. I know, because, I know, and I could feel that. And so I was like, "We're stopping." No, you're not wrong. There's parts of it that are insanely dumb. Like I, there's it's a million different storylines, you know, and they kind of have that 13 Reasons Why vibe, where it's every episode we get this person's backstory and all that. Okay. And some of the backstories, you're like, I don't care. Right. Um, yeah, but Zendaya's storyline's really strong. Anyway, though, so you're saying your I mom was never home. I know. I I just started watching. There, look, it's two seasons. It's eight episodes each, and it was able to watch all sixteen episodes in like ten days. So I I did. I got into it. I got hooked. I don't know if I like it, but I know I can't wait for season three. I know. I, know. I get it. So, but here's the bullshit thing that all these high school shows do, and it makes me think. So many writers in Hollywood that write about high school had to have been the biggest twerps in the world. I'm I'm bringing back the word twerp, by the way. Yeah. Because they always show the high school parties at the rich kids' parents' house who are out of town. And look, I grew up in, in a city. You grew up in the suburbs. So maybe I'm wrong. Were suburban parties like that? There were. So uh, the, the super popular okay. kids who were very wealthy, because it was kind of an affluent town where I lived, those kids, I didn't get invited to those parties. So I have what? no idea what they were like, but I saw those kids' houses, and it seemed like it wasn't. it would have been a movie to have a party in any of those houses. So maybe okay. it's just something I never experienced. Because it's if you a, do Kate Lichardello, I'm just joking. She was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this gets back to her. Uh, She's the first name I love. All right. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in your head, really? No, she was really popular, but she was nice. Oh. She would have invited me, I think. I don't know. Why weren't you invited? You seem like the girl I who watched I Love Lucy, their grandma, doesn't get invited? Come on. <laughs> I was like, oh, and the girl was like, oh, she's funny in class, but like, she's like, kind of gross. We're not going to invite her <laughs> to a party. Well, their loss, their loss, <laughs> yeah, big their time. Loss. All right, so maybe it was just a city thing where we didn't have yeah. you know, the rich kid throwing the party. I don't know. I, I figured there had to be some truth to this because I see so many of these movies where I'm like, that is the nicest house I've ever seen. There's always a pool. Someone's going to either drown or have sex in that pool. There's always right. something. And it just I've wasn't. Must... That. I've always wondered, where is this real? Because it, it was just me and my best friend, Jeff, would hang out and like we would just make prank phone calls. That's what we would do for real. That's I love that actually, because you would have been in high school in like 2010. So that's what you were doing or what? 2000, when did you graduate? Yeah. 2012. Yeah. 2006. Oh, I don't want to think about it around there. 2006. I was a freshman. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. I graduated in 03. So. Wow. You're really fucking old. 
I know. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I'm going to be 40 in three years. In three years, I'm going to be 40. That's how I feel about 30s. Like, just where did the time go? And no, I 30. Said, by the time I'm 30, I'll, it's like, no, actually, we're not going to be able to do all that. <laughs> by that, you... I thought it was older in my head. Yeah, well, 20s go by so quick. The fact that anyone had goals for by the time they were 30, looking back is crazy to me. Like my 20s was a when I turned 30, I remember thinking my 20s went by like that. And now that I'm 37, I still think that my 20s, I like blinked and they were gone. You think your 30s, you felt them more the years? Uh, Yes. Yes. Time went by slow and fast at the same time. Like, you know, being 30 feels like a hundred years ago, but in a, in a kind of a good way where being 20, you know what I mean? The twenties, I feel like just went by cause it was just every night I was out doing comedy, drinking, staying out late, sleeping yeah. in, you know, it was a fun lifestyle that probably couldn't have lasted forever. And I miss it occasionally, you know, yeah. like I like to have one night a week where I go out kind of late. Um, but I don't miss it like every day. Like I was hanging out with a couple of comedian friends of ours and I said something about going out and then everyone's like, no, see, we do this every night. It's you that goes home. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not missing you know this shit. how you can be in your thirties and physically, I'm not even judging physically. I don't know how you can do that. They were both older than me too. Jonah Jerkins and Ed Towns. They're both older than me making fun of me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're just built Unless different. Unless you're having like a, a gallon of water a day. Even then, there's nothing. I like once I turned 29, it was just like the hangovers were so intense. Where I was well, like, that's oh, I'm the- ruining my days by by partying. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, that's the thing, too. Well, Jonah, his superpower is he doesn't get hangovers, that's which I think is a fair. superpower. It's not fair. It's, is it genetic? Maybe it's genetic. He needs to, I mean, Jerkins, very German. Maybe it's a German recipe or something that goes back. I mean, I'm hundred percent Irish, but apparently we just get bad hangovers. Maybe that's why England was able to conquer us. We were just too fucking hung over 800 years ago. And then all these troubles started. Maybe, I don't know. To my Irish yeah. listeners, I hope that wasn't offensive. Um, <laughs> they, they find certain shit fun, very, the Irish don't get offended by much, but if you imply that they were too hung over to fight the British, I think they might get a little annoyed with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's that could be the reason. All right, cool. So I like the the Lucy inspiration. I love Lucy. It was a great show. I see it with you. I see that you have the acting background when you're on stage. Your act outs are phenomenal. Well, thank um, you. So yeah, you're welcome. That's really cool, though. All right. And then you started stand up. You said in 2018, four years ago. So you starting at 25 is considered a little late. Yeah, I think I was actually. Which isn't though, by the way, if you're if people listening, if you're 40 and you want to try it, go for it. There's yeah. plenty of stories of people starting. Rodney Dangerfield was like 50 when he started. So um, there's, you know, it's never too late. I don't, I don't want to give people the wrong impression, but yeah. what were I you doing from. I would have done it earlier. Um, and I'm probably just trying to make myself feel better about when I started. But I will say that um, I don't think I would have had much to say. Not that I have like a fucking, you know cerebral comedy and I really am making a point on society right now um but (laughs) I don't think I would have been as confident in my point of view as a comic 
um, in my early 20s. I'm still developing that. Uh, so I do feel like starting later, I, it benefited me in that way. Um, I was doing sketch for a while and I was working with Second City. And so I had a lot of time to like figure out what I wanted to say with comedy before going from sketch to um, stand up. Um, okay. I, yeah. No, that's that's an interesting point. And I've realized as you were explaining that, so many of the comedians I know who did start later on, they kind of, I'm not going to say they hit the ground running, but they were closer to hitting the ground running than the comedians who started when they were like, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22. Because when you, I feel like, yeah, you're more of an adult at 25. You kind of understand the world a little bit more. So that's a good point. Uh, Pat McGann, who's such a great comic, um, anyone listening, he's been on the podcast before. He's got a special you could check out on Amazon. He tours with Sebastian Maniscalco. He started when he was like 29, 30. And I remember being shocked about that because at the time I met him, I was like 23, 24. And I was like, I remember talking to him in an open mic and he was like, yeah, I just started a few months ago. And I was like, damn, you're already really good for a few months. And then two years later, he was already regularly like working. Like, I mean, not two months. After two months, I remember seeing him and he was strong, but he was working zanies regularly, like super quick. He didn't, he didn't really struggle long. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like when you start later, you kind of attack it more with a plan where when I started at 22, it was like, I get to tell jokes and drink every night. Woohoo! Yeah. Like that was, there was no I like, let's. Wish I could borrow the enthusiasm and lack of fatigue of my early twenties in terms of um, putting myself out there in an industry setting. I think I was more like, I don't care. I'll, I'll do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'll send my emails and I'll do a little, I had the more energy to do that in my earlier twenties. You just more optimism about like, I'm going to make it. Like I was Annie off the bus, you know, where now I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. Just let me tell my jokes. <laughs> if someone sees them, great. Yeah. Can I go up earlier in the night? <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you feel about everything with social media now? I feel like as a comedian, you have to like spin a million plates. You have to be on TikTok and Instagram and do a podcast and all this kind of stuff. It's a lot, right? Talking about this at parties and people are like, you're bumming us out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you asked, but I'm at a little, I'm at a little crossroads where I'm feeling a little bit like, uh, on one hand, I think it's amazing that we have so much freedom to just express ourselves and there are really no rules. Um, at the same time, I think the amount of um, comedy we're seeing or like content that we're seeing is it feels so oversaturated. And I feel like this is, I don't know. Listen, I don't know anyone listening. I don't know. I do feel like, stand-up is such an irreverent art form and so it, sometimes it makes me a little sad to see um these nice clean packages being presented on instagram and TikTok. of look here are my clips i use the same font everybody else does i have the same still of a photo of me in every picture here's the clip it's five seconds of crowd work it's fine and that's not me judging anyone. That's literally me. I can't put anything up. This is a detriment 
for me. I can't put anything up unless I think it's perfect. So um, I feel like artistically just frustrated that I can't get over that and just like throw shit at the wall. Um, and then I also feel like a little like stand-up is changing in a way where it used to be more of a niche art form. And now it's like, yeah, we got podcasts, we have this, we have this. And I'm like, okay, but let's not forget about like why we do this. Does that make sense? No, it makes all the sense in the world. I love everything you just said. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised because I figured, you know, you do sketches as well. So I thought you were kind of like under the school of you have to do, you have to have your foot in every sort of, um, you have to have your toes in every pot type of thing, right? Uh, that's not how the expression goes. Fingers in every pot. Um, yeah. Well, now I know though you started with Second City. <laughs> you got to put all your shit in the pot. So I agree with you. There is, I don't think, but I, I, I noticed something you said you want to get over that. Why do you need to get over that? You don't have to get over it. If you don't want to post stupid shit or, or if you only want to post things that you think are amazing, I don't think you have to get past that. I know everyone has shifted their focus to being like, it's a numbers game. It's quantity. Yes. But it, right. It, so, yeah, it comes back to what are my goals with this, which is something I've had kind of the, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been kind of lucky to not think about because I was just starting and it was 2018, 2019. I just wanted to be good. And then the pan pandemic happened and then, oh, okay. Like two years later, okay, now I have to be serious. You know, I, so I keep coming back to that. If I want to be traveling more and, um, you know, headlining more clubs, uh, it is a lot easier for me if I have more followers to do that. Of course. But again, you've been doing it for four years. That isn't shit. You have so like time is your ally. The the great thing about stamp comedy um, is that like our prime is older. You know, yes. it's not like me. You that's, know, that's what I think's changing because it's you like our prime not, is. I, don't, I agree with that. As, for stand up as stand up and what it is, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. And you're supposed to be patient with it. It takes time. Like think about how much time it takes for one joke to get perfect. The, the yeah. amount of things you add over the year and think, but now there's a school of just like, we're just, we're just putting shit online fast. And you know what the worry I have with it and you're right. Everything you're saying is right. The worry, cause everyone's trying to beat the algorithm. The worry I have is everyone's sharing these crowd work clips cause they're not giving away a joke. Because if they're sharing a bunch of jokes, yeah, the can't. fear is, I don't know yeah, people are gonna, yeah, well, yeah, people are going to come to shows and be like, oh, I've heard this one. I've heard that one. This was yeah. on their TikTok. This was on their Instagram. I, I get that fear. Somebody yelled out a punchline to one of his jokes. And he was like, I could feel every hair on my body stand up. I've had someone do that before, but that joke wasn't online. It was just some weirdo who comes to a lot of my shows. Oh, so then oh. I just roasted them for being a fucking weirdo. And I go, hey, man, I used to love you as a fan. Don't be shouting shit out because you've heard it. And then he's yeah. like, I got excited. And then I, then I was like, all right, it's fine. you know. But I was I remember being really pissed off in the moment because oh, the other 100 people there hadn't heard the punchline. And they got, yeah, it makes your joke look weak because the audience thinks like, oh, this guy's punchline is so oh, easy. A random person shouted it out. Right. 
So, yeah. Well, my fear, though, with uh, everyone sharing crowd work is that's going to encourage more people to try to fake create crowd work. Yes. And audience members, too, being like, uh, oh, I'm going to shout something out so it'll be online. I know that's that. But then I've realized, too, though, um, you know, again, it, it depends at the end of the day what you want to do. You know, right. obviously also, having a. Sorry. No, go ahead. I also am like, how much of this is me looking for a way around having to um, put myself out there more and do a little more work? That's. <laughs> I think we all have that voice, and you're just smart enough to actually notice it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely had that too, where I thought to myself, oh no, I got to put a ton of content, build my own audience because fuck the industry. Yeah. Um, I don't need them, but, and you don't in a, in a sense, but then if you're doing it for the sake of doing it with no purpose or plan, I don't know. I feel like you could drive yourself mentally crazy with that kind of shit. Yeah. That's why I always try to ask people what they want to do. Ultimately, I bring up your sketch. I feel like you would love to be the third lead on a sitcom, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Or the lead, right? I, um, not the lead, Joe. The, the lead, lead for sure. <laughs> Well, I think if you you could have a career like what's the name of the woman who stars in um, Kimmy Schmidt? What's that actress's name? Oh, um, why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? I know exactly who you're talking. But you know about. what I mean. You could be yeah, sure. so. There's yeah. a there's a movie like Bridesmaids. You're not you're not one of the stars yet, but you're like one of the you're on the poster. You're on the cover. That could be like Wendy McLovin McLeod. The her all of her last names. I love her, but I can't. I can't remember the amount of last names. She yeah, has. you're one of them. But then a couple movies later, then you get to be a starring role. I yes. feel like you know. Um, <laughs> that's my, so if you want to go that route, that's you my dream. Need to, that's your dream. Hell yeah! Yeah, perfect. I honestly feel like I am using. I love stand up so much on its own, and even if I had that, I would still want to be doing stand up as well. So I don't feel like I'm using it to get to that but I do feel like it could help. Oh no, it definitely helps. And I didn't think, I don't think anyone who's ever seen you do stand up would think this is someone who wants to be an actress. There are some people though, you know, I lived in LA for three years. I was there just going to say, when I, was in LA, I was like, Oh, I'm actually, I'm actually good. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> it validates your, your talent. Right. But there are plenty of, uh, you know, people up there where you're like, Oh, he just wants to be an actor. She just right. wants to be an actress. And they're using stand up as that vehicle, you know? Right. Um, but the fact that you want to do both, you want to act, and I could see it that you're putting out the sketches and stuff. I think you're right to trust your instinct of wanting to put out quality over quantity. Because I feel like you're going to be playing both those games. And unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but you're going to have to, the industry is going to have to like you to cast you in that shit. Unless yeah. you just blow up to the point where you get 50 million followers. That's right. the thing I've talked about on this before. Remember that TikTok star Addison Ray got cast in some Netflix movie? Oh yeah. The remake of She's All That, but he's all that. Um cool. yeah. yeah. She had no acting experience at all. I remember yeah. when it got announced on Twitter, everyone was losing their minds. How the fuck? Oh, why did I go to Juilliard if they're just gonna cast some TikTok TikTok star or whatever? And I was like, Hey, you fucking idiots, Hollywood, these studios, all they give a shit about is eyeballs. They don't yeah. care if she could act. She's yeah. an attractive girl who has, she literally has 60 million followers on TikTok. So of course she's going to get some money from some things. Some people are going to want to cast her and stuff. That's how that goes. So I was going to say to you, Allie, if you get to that level, then yeah, fuck it. You don't need to play the industry game at all. Um, 
and not that playing the game doesn't need to sacrifice who you are and all that shit. I'm just right. saying that you don't have to play that game of I'm so desperate to build. You know, some of us stand-ups are act is such a way that it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna do five minutes on Colbert because my material just isn't right for that show. So right. I feel like I need to build an audience through podcasting and YouTube and all that stuff. That way, when I do want to do bigger things or whatever, the opportunity comes from the fact that I have a fan base already. Yes. And, you know, I've, I've proved myself on that end right. where there are some people whose act, I look at their act and I go, oh, no, you play that L.A. game. You're going to be great at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I got there and I was like, I don't think I'm right for this here. Don't I can see I'm you going right. to New York next. Or That's just keep right. killing it in Chicago. There's no rush to leave Chicago. There's so many things being filmed in Chicago now. There's so many opportunities here. You could do whatever the hell you want here. I'm a woman, and so I age in dog years. So every year, it's actually seven years. And once I get to 35, no one's going to look at me. Not in Chicago. Not in Chicago. Not you don't Chicago. Age I'm so hot in Chicago. I love it. That's why I don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always be a Midwest 10. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Not to it. say there's not beautiful women in the Midwest. Come on. Yeah, um, I love it you here. know, it's crazy though. I remember people telling me how hot the women in LA were. And I was like, there are beautiful women everywhere. I'm like, that, I, I, everywhere I go. But then I got to LA and I was like, what the fuck? Come on. This is ridiculous. There, Cause it's what, what startles you about LA is like in Chicago, you go to a bar on rush street. You're, you're going to expect waitresses who are just gorgeous right. in LA. You could be at a fucking Rite Aid and the yeah. girl stocking the shelves is one of the hottest people she you've ever seen in your like, life. And she has like at least 100,000 followers on whatever she's doing. She's just at Rite Aid right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of them like work there too, though. There are some yeah. more like even like plain old jobs. I'm like, what the fuck it's are crazy. you? Yeah. Well, you know, they have to have that job for taxes because I don't think you could claim that you're in the top 1% on OnlyFans yet on your taxes. Oh, so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, you don't have an OnlyFans, do you? No. But do you know how no. much I think about if I just did that and I linked it to my TikTok, I wouldn't need a job. I believe that. I you could wouldn't. do just feet pics and you wouldn't need a job. Wait, really? Assuming though? your feet are okay. My feet are I don't cute. Know. I do have a fungus toe, but it's fine with polish over it. Yeah, just pretend like you lost that toe photoshop that whole toe out it'd be a fetish thing too just speak because that's kind of the only thing i'm comfortable with i mean i all i know is i've talked to comedians you know we know i'm sure we both know at least a but five to ten um comedians yeah, no, I've talked to people and i've been everything i'm comfortable with like they're like i've been nobody's gonna pay you to see you a bitch in a bikini come on i'm like okay well no right. they wouldn't pay for that they wouldn't pay for that <laughs> But the feet thing, I'm not kidding. I've seen a lot of people talk about the other, these foot fetish guys. Okay. Apparently, the, here's the thing. If you're a dude who's so into feet, it's yeah. like a fetish. You're, you have, you're, you're living with so much shame that you save money by not going out. Cause no one invites that guy out. And you, so all you like, want to come to my birthday party? I can't. I love feet. I have they, to they, <laughs> Yes, but that guy's not getting the text invite in the first place, is what I'm okay. saying. Because he does that love dude. Him. That's true. I, I I learned that about somebody recently. 
that I've known for a while. And I'm like, yeah, no shame. But a little part of me is like, mm. well, if it's Erica Nicole Clark, she's talked about it on this podcast. So, okay. Oh, I'm going to text her. Erica Nicole Clark loves men's feet. She's oh. brought this up. She's not shy about it. I'm not going behind her back. She's talked about this. She I like love loves it. dudes' feet. Yeah. I don't know why, honestly, with with women or just Erica, because she's so cool. I'm like, she can be into whatever she wants. I'm obsessed with her. She's <laughs> the coolest. No, she's the coolest. And look, dudes who are into feet, I'm not kink shaming you, okay? But I know that those dudes, for some reason, have a lot of disposable income because what I, is that? I, I don't because they're saving money by not being invited to shit. No one's invited them to birthday parties. That money that on drinks on a Friday night is going towards foot picks, I think. So if I just I did know. like picks of like my feet and like a bowl of spaghetti, how much this, do you think somebody would pay for that? Your feet and a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, fuck. that's pretty yucky. That's probably 10 bucks a month. So if I just I don't keep know. doing that, okay. <laughs> Perhaps. I know what I'm doing after this. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I just just painted my feet. The, well, I mean, you might as well look seriously. Take some shots. It's send them around feet. to your friends. Send them to your female friends first because they'll be the most honest with you. But are these and, cute? <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, "All right, pretty good." You might want to shadow that a little better or something. I don't know. Okay. Filters. Uh, yeah. And then and then test it out on like the creepiest guy friend of yours. Not creepy and like see the word creep. I oh, that word needs to change because I was talking about this with some people. When I hear the word creep, I still think of the weirdo who eats paste, like in grade school, you know, the, the, yeah. the dude that was like huffing and when in fifth grade, like I think of that dude, but then I forget that a lot of people, they say creep, they mean sexual predator. And it's like, oh, oh fuck, no, we need I a worse that, word. I think that too, because that's a, there's a creep and then there's a sexual predator. You would just call that person a predator or um, problematic. I'm glad. I'm glad people are doing that now because yeah. I've had some friends where people are like, you didn't know he was a creep. I'm like, no, I thought he was a creep. I just, no. I thought creepy, yeah. like, because then it's you like might catch him eating a booger. A you know? thing. Whereas like, oh no, him assaulting a woman isn't creepy. It's he's, he assaulted a woman. He's yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't need a nickname. Say he assaulted yeah. a woman. You don't have yeah. to be like kind of a creep. Like no kind of a fucking no. criminal is what you mean to say. No. Yeah. A creep is just being like, I also think about the kid in um, preschool that took his, he picked his nose and he would always wipe the boogers on the carpet during um, circle time. On the carpet? What a scumbag. I mean, jeans were invented for a reason, you know? Yeah. You use your little, your lead dungarees and you get the book. Because I would always watch him during circle time, like, when's he going to do it? <laughs> oh, so you're like a fucking voyeur back in the day, watching dudes Maybe. scrape boogs on the carpet. I used to collect cigarette butts. Fuck off. Why? As a kid, because I felt bad for them that somebody just left them on the ground. So then I would name them and put them in my backpack. And my mom one time was like, are you smoking? I'm like seven years old. I was like, no, I'm just making them a family. <laughs> All right. Now I know why you didn't get invited to the parties in high school. You were collecting <laughs> cigarette butts as a seven-year-old. I know you were seven, but that shit carries. Okay. That's yeah. something else. That's kind of <laughs> cute though. When I was seven, and sorry, podcast listeners, I know I've told this on this podcast before. When I was seven, I um, accidentally stepped on an ant, but it was still alive. So I kissed it to make it feel better because when I was oh. a little kid, you'd kiss an ouchie to make it feel better. Yeah. And when I went to kiss it, I lifted my 
face off the ground and i'm like where the fuck the ant go and it was crawling on my tongue i didn't tongue the fucking thing he or she got went up in the mouth when i went to pucker up towards it and then i got oh get the fuck off me and then i stepped on it good because yeah you don't take sexual advances Sick. fucking insect you know um yeah it was a cute story and then i just straight murdered that thing i didn't like it you're right so okay you're collecting so cigarette ask butts a friend who we're not going to call him a creep uh, ask a friend who is in touch with their sexuality and feels no shame for uh, i don't know what's politically correct just somebody who like loves weird shit yeah is that okay to say if you do like weird shit don't feel bad about it own it everything should be about owning things and then there is no shame but if yeah. i think Look, if I met a dude who was like, I like to stick my penis in my sexual partner's ears, I would be like, cool, man. But that okay, I think that's fucking that? weird. Do they like it, then fine. Knock yourself out. That's all exactly. If it's consensual and you're both are into it, no one's yeah. getting hurt. Do that. Right. But I don't like that. So don't make me feel yeah. weird because I don't like doing that. You know what I mean? Look, eating butt is big now. Not my thing. I don't is kink shame weird? anyone who does it. What's that? Is it big now, or is everyone just finally talking about it? Are you? Oh, are you saying it's always been big, and now we're comfortable talking about it? No, when I moved here like seven years ago, like one of the first dates I went on, this guy just kept talking about it, and he kept asking me, and I was like, "No." That was first date. Fourteen. It was like the yeah, second no. date. He was just like talking about how he thinks it's so cool because you're not supposed to do it. Oh, he put it right on the table. Second date, wasting no time. Yeah. He wanted to know. Think about though, if you were, if that's like your favorite thing. Yeah, fine. And, you know, I don't know. I, I was like, yeah, you don't just bring it up at dinner. Yeah. How do you? That's a good question. Okay. Also, I'm going to ask you this question. Hadn't done much. So I was like, that's gross. Wait, what? No, repeat that. I missed that part. I'm sorry. I was 22, so I hadn't really like. It, I had. I wasn't very adventurous yet, so I was just like, "That's gross." So no, I wouldn't. Oh, like I got gotcha. you. You said you're 22. I thought you said something yeah. else. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so let me. I'll ask you this question, and then I'd like to end. I haven't had a guest in a while, but I used to end the podcast uh, with something I called five good ones, where I would ask five good questions and they're that's the style of the podcast was originally like bar talk like the type of stupid shit you talk with your friends at, at the pub and um so I've, I've tried to save uh you know elements of that but you, you leave a you're making me think this would be a valuable service to a lot of people out there if you are someone out there regard regardless, regardless of gender and you are into uh getting your butthole licked how do you go about that when you're dating someone, how do you go about bringing up, Hey, this is something I like, and I got to know you like it too. You know, cause you were like second date. Don't bring that up on the second date. When would be the appropriate time to bring that up now? Oh, now if somebody brought it up to me on the second date, I wouldn't care. But at the time okay. I was like, don't, don't, um, I see kind of good to know now. Like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I guess I, are you asking me? I, I'm just trying to see what your expertise on this would be. Not that, you, you know, say once you're, you know, hooking up, I would kind of go near that area, not fully, but then you make eye contact with the person like, huh? You know, like, is this, what if I did this? 
um, and then you see like what their face does, and then maybe you ask, "Are you into that?" Because I love it. I like the facial uh, questioning. Like, was that what I'm trying to say? I like yeah. that you're kind of asking the question non-verbally, kind of giving that like, hey, "What do you think?" You know? Yeah. Eye contact, butthole eye contact, contact, back to eyes. So you okay. know that you know it's okay for you to even be going near that. If it seems okay, then maybe you ask. I mean, you ask before you just go for it, I guess. Um, what if it's an obvious green light, you know? Oh, then go for it. You don't want to go out on a date with someone. Um, you're a single woman, right? Uh, yeah. You don't want to go on a date with someone and have them be like, may I make out with you? That's weird, right? No. No. Obviously, you want consent for other stuff. But I think you're right, though. Uh, the idea of, I like the idea of them looking at you and then be like, mm, you know, what do you think? And then yeah. if there's like a go ahead, then you could kind of be like, is that something you like? See, you yeah. ask non-verbally, but then you get verbal confirmation. Very good. Big fan of how that yeah, plays out. That way it's like, you, maybe you don't feel weird about asking. Maybe you don't feel corny because you're kind of checking in verbally, but you always have to make sure you get consent. Oh, definitely. I, I that's an area of heavy consent. No fucking brainer there with anything, honestly. With everything. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But that's an area of heavy consent. But I, I'm saying, though, I like the idea of of the nonverbal communication of the seductive yeah. looks. Sure. Then you go, is this there something you're into? See, there you go. All the there you go. A little wink action. Right. <laughs> so for all the people out there who are into that stuff, that that's. <laughs> Ali's making really funny faces for those of you listening to the audio of the podcast. Uh, you, you get, you know, that's how you do it. For those of you who are into it, who are wondering, how do I approach the subject? And then if you get the hard, no, if you get the, ew, yeah, yeah you're going, uh, you know, you're one of those, that's then, then you, you go, Hey, no big deal. Yeah. Right. But then you break up with that person shortly after, because sure. if they're going to respond to your kinks in that kind of way, you don't want to be yeah. with them long-term. No. Yeah. If you need, if that's something that's super important to you, then yeah, don't waste your time. Great. I think we, I think we solved something big there. You I know, in the movie, you. a Bronx tale, you know, how in a Bronx tale, uh, you know, if you've seen this movie, it was a big hit back in the day. And I think Robert De Niro's in it and a few other people. There's a scene that gets shared around a lot, or at least it used to, it's uh, when you go on a date, this was advice in the sixties. Um, what he, what he would do was he would hold the door open. He would purposely lock his side of the, the car driver's side. Then he would hold the door open for his date. And he's, when you're walking around to the driver's side, if the woman in the front seat doesn't reach over to unlock your door, she's no good. That was the advice cool. that was given. Cause the whole idea is like, Hey, I let you in the car. You're sitting there. If you see my doors locked, you should lean over and unlock it for me. Cause this was before automatic, you know, click, click stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now though, the 2022 equivalent is if someone looks at you appalled that you want to lick their butt, like they're like, <laughs> you get rid of them. They're not the one for you. If they don't, yeah. you know, in the sixties, if they didn't reach over and unlock your door in 2022, if they look grossed out by your fetishes, yeah, you, you say, bye, you cancel them. Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, there is a difference between being like, Oh, you know what? I just, I'm not that into that, but we could yes. try other stuff and like, ew, you're disgusting. You're nasty. You know, yeah. 
there is a fine line between that. It's called respect, everybody. And here in the Joe Kilgallen podcast, I like to give valuable life lessons to everyone out there. And I want to thank you, Allie, for helping me enforce that one. Okay. There's a right way to tell someone you are disgusted by what they're into. All right. There is a right way to tell someone that you, that they make you physically ill by what gets them off. Okay. (laughs) You don't have to be like Franklin was singing about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Be nice. If you don't want someone to eat your ass. Yes. It's all about respect in the ass play. Right. That's what. That's what they're see. That's why in the beginning of this conversation, you were like, "Has butt stuff just recently gotten popular?" Or I said, "Always been popular, and we're just comfortable." All right, good to know. See, valuable life lesson. All right, time for five good ones with my guest this week, Ellie Drapos. Um, Number one, I like to start with kind of a basic bitch of a question: What has been your favorite moment in your stand-up comedy career? It's a tough one. It's a loaded question. Kind of putting you on the spot. It doesn't have to be anything specific, like a moment on stage. It could be just a, a generalized thing. Okay, well, I can only think of like one of my favorite things was I did like Corey Bell's show. Um, this was like my first year, and she introduced me in such a nice way as just somebody she could really see being up and coming, and someone who was really talented. And she and I was like, because I've been following her online for before I even committed to doing stand-up here. So that was just like a really cool moment for me. Hell yeah. There's something about someone you look up to and like, and think is a great comedian. And then they think you're great too. That's almost a better feeling than killing it, you know, in front of 500 people or something like that. It made me feel so special. Yeah. The respect to your peers. That's a big one. All right. I like that one. Next question. Okay. I feel like See, I wrote these out. This was like a template I had. Um, Cause now I feel like we're getting like, this is too sexual of a podcast. Uh, worst sex you've ever had. You don't have to say the person, but if there's anything that made you think, oh my God, what the fuck is going on right now? Okay. Okay. When I was in college, I remember I slept with this guy who <sighs> the noises he made, it's like he was checking things off on a, on a list. Like he was going shopping. He just kept doing this over and over again. He'd go, uh-huh, 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 hmm uh-huh. <laughs> I was just, I, first of all, I was laughing. I was laughing. I kept laughing. And then he'd be like, what, what? I'd be like, nothing, nothing. Like, it's me because I'm like 19. <laughs> Sorry, that is fucking hilarious. Stop soon. It's just this one move we're doing. He's doing this, and then you know, I'd switch things up. No, it always came back to the checklist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you do this on stage? You have to do this on stage. No. This is this so funny. fucking funny. Yes, it's hilarious. Because I, you do the uh-huh. That's no bullshit. When I go grocery shopping, I have a list, yeah, go, and when uh-huh. I hit the list, I go got uh-huh. the eggs. All right. Uh, I don't go, uh huh, yes. but I go, eggs. Okay. And it was like okay. done like that. It wasn't like, uh huh. It was just like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it wasn't any, like, it wasn't, that sounds like the least sexual uh huhs ever. Yeah. That's like, uh huh, like you're listening to someone's lecture on, you know, mitral valve prolapses and you're, you're trying to be a cardiologist and you're like, uh huh, okay. And then, uh huh. And it gets, there's the valve needs to, uh huh. Like, there's, yes, yes. That's exactly what it was like. I'll never. And you were laughing. You were laughing. Ten years ago. 
yeah, I couldn't stop my face. Obviously, he wasn't paying attention to me because the signs that I was like finding this funny and like w was not fully into it. I mean, my face must have just been like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, did you say? And this is if this is too personal. I uh, you don't have to answer. Uh, what position? I was like boring missionary. So okay, like, that makes the most sense though. You know, because yeah. that way you could look at him and laugh and cover, like, oh my God, how do you not pick up yeah. on that? Okay. Very, I'm very happy I, I asked that question. That's great. <laughs> All right. If you could have a last meal, so you're, you know, you're dying in a couple hours, what would your last meal be? Oh, my grandma's Thanksgiving dinner and her gravy, her gravy, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, sweet potatoes, and her gravy and like her homemade stuffing. Oh. I love Thanksgiving. Is that your favorite holiday? Yeah, because of the food. I get so I don't eat all fucking day. It's my favorite meal too. It's my dad's favorite holiday. Oh, right. It's gonna, oh, really? it's gonna suck this year. Um, um yeah. So anyway, don't worry. No, I don't not, not to get something depressed. different. I know I think you know what I've been doing. Um take a time out from the questions, everyone. Since my dad died, uh, it's been three months now. Um I've been watching his favorite shows. It's watching his favorite movies. I've been like, you know, purposely going through all that stuff. And it's kind of brought me comfort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank God he had great taste and stuff. Yeah, um, what were his favorite shows? Oh, he got me into every cool show before anyone else did. I'm not kidding. Like he got me into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia before oh, anyone really? else. Your dad? Yes. Yes. Before That's anyone so cool. my age. And he got me into Arrested Development before anyone was watching it. Oh, he got yeah. me into a lot of the cool FX shows like justified I've been talking about on the show. And he liked, um, he never really watched breaking bad though, but like he just had really, he had really most of the modern family, most of the comedies he liked were stuff. I liked too. Um, That's pretty great taste for, especially I feel like that for a guy, you know, yeah. 30 years older than me. Well, yeah. here's a funny story then. Um, I don't know if I've told, told this on the podcast and I feel weird cause she's a friend. I feel weird hitting her up now and telling her, and I was going to tell her that week. So one of the last conversations I had with my dad, he died on a Thursday morning. Um, we think in the middle of the night, maybe hard to take him to sleep. Um, he was over at my house Tuesday afternoon and he had just gotten back the day before that Monday from Florida, him and his uh, brothers go visit their youngest brother who lives in Boca Raton and they go golfing every year at the, you know, get out of Chicago winter and hang out with their brother for a week. And they were saying, Oh, I, my dad was like, Oh, I caught SNL for the first time in a long time. You know, he's 67. He's not up late on Saturdays too much yeah. anymore. Um, and he was saying, well, he said, you know, he goes, a lot of it wasn't very good, but the weekend update was really good. And I said, Oh, I'm actually friends with uh, Sarah Sherman who yeah. did the one sketch because, you know, it was the second time they did that sketch where, you know, she it's her and Colin Jost. Yeah. yeah. And, and he goes, she was amazing. That sketch oh, was fantastic. So and he loved it. And he I remember thinking to myself, he didn't know I knew her when he was watching it. No, but I brought it up because, well, he brought up the whole weekend update and I go, oh, that one sketch. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that sketch was great. I was like, oh, I'm friends with her. He goes, well, she was amazing. And that whole thing was great. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I can't wait to tell Sarah that my 67 year old father thought her yeah. sketch was phenomenal because I'm sure that's not the age demographic she's you know, thinking would like her, um, or maybe yeah, you know, she probably thinks she's got a wide range, but, um, all sorts of different That's people, so but I'm cool. sure she probably yeah. would have got a kick out of that. But now I remember, you know, then he died two days later and then we're thinking like, I'll probably hold off on telling her now. It'd be kind of weird. I haven't talked to her in a while. <laughs> be like, Hey, by the way, my dad loved your sketch. Tell him, thank you. I, I can't now he's dead, but you know, 
<laughs> um, so you got to find the humor in death, everybody. Sure. All right. Um, so last meal. That's a good one. Thanksgiving is that's why I love Boston Market. It's like a little mini you Thanksgiving. Know, I was just gonna say I'll go to Boston Market anytime I have like a hankering for it. We should do it. Let's go to my Let's wife loves it. Boston Market too. Well, I'll go to Boston Market. There's one in Ashland. Yeah. Um, all right. Last meal. That was the third question. Fourth question. You can only see one concert, like and it could be anyone, living or dead, but like this is the final concert you'll see in your lifetime. You could pick someone who's has, you know. You could pick Jimi Hendrix. You could pick Aretha Franklin. You could pick Madonna. You could pick whoever you want, living or dead. You get one choice. By the way, Allie, I got to apologize. I forgot. Again, I haven't had a guest in so long, but I used to give them these questions in advance. <laughs> so oh. there wasn't this. So there wasn't this. Okay, we'll make sure um, you include. Yeah, yeah. This needs to be included. Um, if I sound like a dumbass, it's Joe's fault. It is totally my fault. I forgot to do that. <laughs> I think I'm going to say Queen. Because I, my answer. dad played that in the car all the time, and we just loves just singing along to it. And that that to see like Freddie Mercury live would have been so cool. Not to talk about my dad again, but we would sing along to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, same. Yeah. My dad took my sister and I to see uh, Wayne's World opening day, like opening night. Um, I think it was day though. I remember it being like an afternoon because we we'd stay up late with my dad and watch Saturday Night Live back in it's like those were like the best years of Saturday Night Live, yeah. and um, I remember seeing yeah we saw Wayne's World and there was that scene in Wayne's World they sing Bohemian Rhapsody and we would be in the car mm -hmm. singing along to that. Yeah. No, because that movie though, especially you see you're from uh, Rhode Island, yeah. being from Chicago, that big scene in that movie they're driving through parts of Chicago that I'd driven by. So when I was a kid, I was like, Chicago Joe's, you know, that's on Irving Park. They go right past it. Um, and then there's the one scene where they're going up to see Alice Cooper up in Milwaukee. Um, they cut to, you see them on the Kennedy and it's the Montrose exit, which was our exit. Cause I lived off of Montrose. So oh, we'd whoa. get off the Kennedy at Montrose. As a kid to see that. I was, it was insane as a kid. I remember being like, this yeah. is the best, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it was the first time I thought I'd like to be an actor maybe one day. And then I went yeah. into comedy instead. All right. Um, another one. This could be a living or dead person, but here's question number five. The final question of five good ones. You could party with anybody living or dead. I, it doesn't have to be a celebrity, but it's more fun for everyone listening if it is. Um, so who do you got? It's tough. I know there's been some good answers on this one. There's been some ones where it's like a historical figure nerd. There's been, some, actually, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to like, you know, uh, Get smashed with Kennedy or something like that, you know. It looked like you'd be a good. Well, drinker. I was first thinking I would love to, in some alternate reality, go back in time to when my mom was like my age and meet her at a party and party with her. Like we don't like know Back to the Future. There. Yes, like that. Except for he dated his mom. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna do Neither that. Did. I yeah. would love to just like casual, like just. We don't know each other. Like, I know she's my mom. She doesn't know me, you know, and just see what she would have been like to party with. Cause I feel like that would have been so cool. Um, so, but then you said that would be boring for the listeners. So I would choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mom's boring. We don't care. No, I'm kidding. The generic, if I say Prince. Prince? No, I mean, look, hey, you Prince is Prince for a reason, and everyone loves Prince, so it's not generic. I did think about this in regards to your mom, if we could go back there a step. There's a risk there. There's a big risk, 
Because what if you party with your mom and you discover, oh my God, she's the type of person I never would have liked. I, I never would have hung out with her. I know. I've thought oh, about that. You're like, one of those wow, girls. I'm actually a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, that's this is you, huh? Just a big, you know, you're, you you don't you don't want to discover that. That's the thing you're. you're no, it's, you're right. It's a gamble. I like how Queen was your concert, but Prince is your person you want to party with. I mean, Prince uh, would be. But Queen has a meaning though, because it was your dad listening to Queen with you. So there you go. Your yeah. dad's still alive. I don't know why I made it seem like he wasn't. Um, so, by the way, do you think you're better than me because your dad's still alive? I feel like no, I don't. I don't you're flexing a little bit. <laughs> you don't talk to your dad? No, he calls me sometimes. Oh, He's okay. Got, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. the screen froze on you for a split second there, and I thought, like, uh, did I make it weird? Because um, <laughs> it did. No. It froze for, like, two seconds. I'm like, what did I just say wrong? <laughs> yeah. No. As comedians, we have to find, like, I've been – I was talking about this with uh, Jonah Jerkins. He he um, he brought me to a Bulls game, and we sat like basically courtside. We were second row, and uh, when he sent me the text, his girlfriend was like, "I don't know if you should have sent the text that way." His text to me was, "Hey, do you want to come to the Bulls game with me? I got these great seats. You know, free ticket, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know, we're basically courtside." And then he, his follow up text before I could answer was, "And yes, this is because your dad died." Um, and so his girlfriend was like, I don't know if that was appropriate. And Jonah was like, no, Joe's a comedian and yeah. my parents are dead. So I can make this joke. It's totally yeah. appropriate. And I said back to him, I go, no, this is very appropriate. It made me laugh. Yeah. And then it also made me think my dad would be like, oh, hell yeah, milk this. You got to milk yeah, this. Milk can. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, milk, milk the hell out of it. Because I remember when I had kids, my dad said, you don't understand. You have kids now. It's the best excuse for getting out of things. You say I to them, sorry, I have kids. I can't make it. You know, just telling people I'm mentally ill isn't enough. And so maybe I should just have kids so I can be like, I can't. My kids. Yeah, it really is the best excuse. The number of times I've been able to be like, I just, you know, the kids, they yeah, need me. And you know, the whole thing. Immediately. And then no I get off the phone with them and my kids are like, well, what's going on, dad? I'm like, nothing. Fucking watch your iPad. Leave me okay. alone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Allie, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was really fun. I had a great conversation with you. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Tell everyone where they could find you, follow you. That way, everyone subscribe to her. That because she only puts out great shit. It's Thank nothing. You. All all thriller, no filler. Yeah, no filler. You can follow me at Ali Drapos, A L I D R A P O S, on Instagram and TikTok, and um, you can basically see me every Wednesday at Laugh Factory at eight o'clock. There you go. If you're in Chicago, go to my favorite club, the laugh factory, eight o'clock on Wednesdays, follow her on that stuff. I, I mean it. Like I don't oh, look, I've had some people on this podcast where I say follow and I'm kind of like, mm, you don't have to. I think <laughs> Allie is a great follow. Well, Definitely some funny your shit. support has meant a lot to me because. Oh, thank uh, you. You were one of the, I mean, it's not fake. I really am a fan of yours. So no, I, I, I know. I believe you. Um, I, when I first, you were one of the people I first saw and I was like, I want to do that. I want to do what he's doing. So and oh, to me. You want to ir irrationally yell at people? Yeah. Are <laughs> you there for one of those sets? <laughs> I'm good for those once a year. It's been a while, so I feel like I'm due to to lose my shit on stage. <laughs> I just put so much into it that you know, I'm, I'm, once a year, my listeners know, once a year I have one of those sets where it doesn't go well initially, and then I take it out on everyone who doesn't deserve to, for it to be taken out on, and then I have to do the apology texts and phone calls the next day and say, hey, I'm really fucking sorry. It wasn't you. I had a bunch of shit going on in my life, and I probably should have called him sick. 
I got kids. That's, that's it. I got kids. All right. You're the best. Everyone follow Allie and everyone. Um, thanks for subscribing and, and, you know, listening to the podcast. If you want bonus content, I just put up a bonus episode of the Patreon in which I did my top five dramatic performances by stand-up comedians. So obviously there's a Robin Williams one in there. Um, yeah. but yeah, so definitely subscribe to the Patreon if you can, it goes a long way. I really appreciate that. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers.